and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. And I'm Chris, and we don't have a kitty this week, but we will be talking about board game apps. What makes them good, great, or terrible? Why are they good for the hobby? How much should you spend on them? And we may even talk a bit about how they get developed since, um, you know, we're app developers. At least Fletcher and I are. So... But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, The Gift of Games from Gray's Lake. Also, welcome to... <sighs> I said this in the episode after the episode that we stopped recording it. Anyway, I'm going to say Danita Hersey. How's that sound? Is that good? Danita Hersey? That's how I would... That's what I would say. Danita oh, Hersey. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah. And a huge thank you to all our other patrons as well. Fletcher, how have you been for the past three weeks? Oh, has it been three weeks? It's been three weeks. Oh man, I was gonna make. Is that? I can't believe it's been so long. I is know. That, is that how long they uh, go to Mars? He wants to go. That uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to go to Mars for in that costume. Did he say two weeks or three weeks? Um, three weeks. Might be three or weeks. Two weeks. Either way, it takes anyway. a long time to get to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> okay. So you had a boring three weeks. You went no, no place. You did nothing. I did nothing. No, I actually went to California um, for a weekend. It was Carmen's, um, uh, not bachelorette. It is the other thing that girls bridal shower. Oh, it's a shower, right? Yeah, yeah. Carmen's gonna... bridal because her family and my family are all in California. So uh, we went there for the bridal shower, and it was a bunch of fun. I was there at the very. I was there at the beginning. Then I left, and then I came back at the end. And they had a good time, and the guys had a good time. Was it a Delta variant super spreader event? uh, I sure hope not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We were all vaccinated. I'm a little concerned about this whole Delta variant. I was, I so we've been vaccinated for a while, and um, we just went to. Well, Sydney did her KeyForge Live thing this last weekend, and I'm listening to the news and talking about how like all these breakthrough. Delta variant virus thingies happening. I'm like, um, I don't want to put a mask back on. So yeah, I, I'm still planning on going to conventions. I'm still planning on living my life a normal way. And I'm now planning on at some point getting the coronavirus and having mild symptoms because I'm vaccinated. So that is, that is my fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, no bueno. <laughs> yeah. I don't you still do working that. from home? I am still working from home. I haven't been in an office. I cannot remember the last time I was in an office. I, I do know that our office, the office I left has since closed down. We theoretically have a new office that will be opening up in September. And everything that was at my desk when the office closed down is in storage. And I have no recollection of any of that stuff. So I don't know what I'm going to be coming back to, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's fun. <laughs> it, it can't be that bad, yeah, right? I mean, been over a year for me. Yeah. Now, I don't actually ever plan to go back to the office uh, just because now we have the option of just not working in the office. So I don't, I'm not going to. I built a you have basement. the option of not working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm good. I'll just be in the basement. It's fine. Let's see. What else has been going on for the last three weeks? Um, I've been doing YouTube stuff. Not as frequently as I would like. I owe my, you know, 40 or 50 regular viewers a top 10 two-player game list, which I will get out there in this coming week. But I have been doing an app review a week. 
which has kind of inspired this particular topic. So if you want to see me reviewing Wingspan, go to the Tabletop Game Talk YouTube channel. If you want to see me reviewing, uh, let's see, I've done Seven Wonders, and I also did another one. Um, oh, I did Magic the Gathering Arena, because it is a tabletop game that I typically only play in app form, and I thought, I mean, of the different board game apps, this is the one that has, like, billions of dollars behind it. So, honestly, it's it's pretty good. Now, but, are all these app apps, or would... Like the, I know the Magic the Gathering Arena that is on a computer as well. Is that also like on so, iPad and Android and stuff? Yeah. So Magic the Gathering Arena is anything that I review or anything we're going to talk about today is something that you can play on a mobile device, whether that be tablet or phone. So Magic the Gathering Arena used to be only on computer, but now it is on tablet and phone as well. And mm. honestly... I love it on on both devices. It's great. But the fact I can pull out my phone and play a game of magic in 10 minutes and then put my phone away and never have to smell the person. I mean, see the person across the table from me (laughs) is a hundred percent. Like I, I really do like it. It's, it's a lot of fun. So John says he's been playing it on his phone and, and the thing, it plays pretty well on the phone. Like you'd expect like playing, you know, there's a lot of card text and a lot of interactions and a lot of stuff. It does a tremendous job of only showing you what you care about when you care about it. And it's not like other apps. And I'm going to be doing, I'm probably going to start reviewing two apps a week because I think there's a lot of people out there that talk about board games. And there's a lot of, you know, middle-aged white bald guys that talk about board games. And <laughs> I want, exactly, with, yeah, with a little bit of scruff. And I want to have a niche in in that channel. I also want to be able to talk about whatever I want on the YouTube channel. But, you know, we've been doing app development for over a decade now. And I've been a game developer pretty much all my life. So I think I'm uniquely positioned to talk about apps and stuff. And I like doing that. And I like, you know, I might, I might even do some longer plays of apps and just kind of like solo plays as opposed to setting it up on a table. Here, I'm going to pull out the app and we'll just play through the full game. And I'm pretty judgy with these apps. Now, I have dozens of them on my <laughs> phone. And there are some of them that catch my attention and I will just play over and over and over. I, I have played probably 200 games of Splendor because the Splendor app was that good. Splendor, the game wow. itself, I still like, but I don't, I'm not going to pull that out and play that with Sydney. I'll play that with Sydney's parents. But the Splendor app, Wow. Now, I haven't played it in a couple of years because I played it out, but now I want to go back and I want to start reviewing some of these older apps I haven't played in a long time to say, look, if you haven't played these, if you haven't experienced these apps, this is the reason to spend 2 or $3 to download these because you're going to get your money worth. And some of them are 10 bucks, but yeah. Some of them are 10 bucks, but even the $10 ones, like Wingspan, I think was $10, right? It was, yeah, I think it was like 10 bucks yeah. for Wingspan. And, and justifiably so. Like, yeah, it's it is a very pretty app. We've su- suddenly just segued right into the topic. That I don't know that we've had a smoother segue. Um, I broke it just now, but I'm just saying. <laughs> it was so smooth. It was so smooth. And I'd then like, the gyroscope How did failed, and then we just fell off our segue. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> but yeah, so if today we're going to talk about gaming apps in general. And I had you download three apps. And I, th- you probably have a few others, but I'm like, these three will give us a lot to talk about. And which were these apps and how 
many times have you played each one? And what was your favorite of the three so far? Um, so uh, downloaded Terraforming Mars, Wing- Wingspan, and Railroad Inc. I played them each two times. And it's a toss-up between... I know you hate Terraforming Mars, but I like Terraforming Mars. And I like the... I'm playing it on my iPad. I like the iPad version better than the physical version. Um, I also just really like Wingspan, uh, the game. And what they did for the app version is actually really, really nice. It's it's very highly po- polished app. Uh, so I'd say it's a toss-up between those two. All right. So I will say I don't like Terraforming Mars. Um, if you would like to see how much I don't like Terraforming Mars, then become a patron for five minutes. It's okay. Um, and there's a link to Drunken Chris Refuse Terraforming Mars. And I talk all about in-depth, very logically laid out, step-by-step critiques with an outline. <laughs> there's there's a lot of, um, you know, rational... I don't know. I, I blacked out <laughs> during the event. So, but <laughs> I, I don't like Terraforming Spittle. Mars. Yeah. And... Before I did that review, I wanted to understand truly why I didn't like Terraforming Mars. So I played a lot of the app. And while I was playing the app, I'm like, oh, crap. I kind of like this. (laughs) It's not that bad when I don't have to play it for two and a half hours. Because in the app, (laughs) it plays much faster. It removes all the fiddly bits. It does. Yeah. And the more you play it. All the fiddly bits are gone. They're and done. your whole hand of 10 cards, and you're like, which card can I play? What does that mean? No, it just highlights like the three cards that you can play right now. Yep. You can play one of these three cards. And it's like, oh, okay. That makes my choices much simpler. Yeah. I I started, and then I got to the point where I'm like, and again, I am hate playing this game. On, on my iPad, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm just going to play this game so I can really tell people why I hate it so much. And this was my goal. And then I'm like, huh, I wonder. I'm going to play the solo variant here because, like, that's a thing. And then I lost the first time I played it. I'm like, how am I supposed to win this? And then I start playing it over and over and over to try to beat it. And then I beat it. I'm like, okay, I can get a better score than that. And before I knew it, I'm like, ugh, I kind of like this game. (laughs) I I think this app makes a better video game than a tabletop game because... The tabletop game has a ton of fiddly bits. And I think what I liked in the tabletop game wasn't managing all the fiddly bits, but I liked all the ideas of like all these different points and things that you could do every round. And that's what I liked. That's, you know, I could, I could, I could see that core in the game. And I was like, man, I wish the iconography was better. I wish there was a better way to manage all these fiddly things. It's like, oh, you can only play this card. I want to play this card. Can I play it? Well, actually, no, because I need three science points. How many science points do I have right now? Let me go over here and count up. Oh, I only have two science points right now. Oh, but I can play this card. That would give me my third science point. So I can play this card. It's it's very fiddly. But having the app manage all of that for you makes it very refreshing. Yeah. And fun to play. <laughs> I mean, and well, it took me the first couple games because I, I knew how to play Terraforming Mars, but it's another thing I like about apps in general is you can't play it wrong. So yeah. the first couple times I played the app, I was trying to remember how this game played. And I'm just kind of pushing myself through it. And again, that's not a very enjoyable experience. So I'm like, eh, whatever, whatever. It wasn't until I'm like, okay, 
let me do things with purpose. Let me try a particular strategy and see what happens. And win or lose, I'm like, at least I'm going for a particular strategy. Now, there are certain things I still... My One of my biggest complaints about Terraforming Mars is there's too many things to think about. Like, there's too many things that you can do. So if you don't have a focused strategy, it really makes it an unenjoyable experience for me. Because I'm like, well, I'm getting these random cards, and I don't really... Like, if the cards match up with what is good, great. Things are great. If not, well, someone else is going to win because they got the puppies. And it's not really like that. I... and I haven't played on the app the drafting variant where you actually like can pick from a group of cards when you draw. I, yeah, I haven't done that either. But I, I would also agree that there there is still a lot of things to do, but it makes it easier to manage because when I play the tabletop game, I kind of forget about like the achievements and the milestones. Um, and then in this game, it, it, when I was playing against the AI, um, it kind of reminds you because the AI is actively doing these things. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should I should look at these achievement, achievements and milestones and see, like, what I should, you know, back or unlock. I'm like, what are all these things again? Um, because it, It's weird that there's, like, two separate achievement categories kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, um, and, they, and again, it's just there's so many things to think about type of game. And I think that's really the my biggest thing about it. But I understand that. What I don't like with all those choices is what most people who love the game like about it is all those choices and all those options. And because the app streamlines a lot of that, it makes it so I only have to worry about what I need to worry about. Um, I started to really, I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to say enjoy because I don't want to be that wrong about terraforming <laughs> Mars. But I started to be like, oh. you need to have a little bit of cognitive dissonance in there. Exactly, you can't. You can't turn around and just be like, okay, I was wrong. Uh, no, 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 no. Come on. That's that's not true. Um, but I started to appreciate what the game was trying to do. I think that's a, a good way of saying that. And what I also find interesting is the solo version of the game is completely a different game than the multiplayer version. So you've only played two games, I'm assuming both against the AI. Yeah, both against AI. And you've never played the solo version of Terraforming Mars, I also presume? I, I have it. No. Yep. And I looked at the rules briefly. It's it's like a time based thing. Basically, yeah. You have X number of generations based on a number of different what expansions you include and things like that to terraform Mars, basically. And then you have to meet a minimum score. And then if you beat, actually, I think no, you just get the depending on the expansions, it'll change a little bit. But ultimately, you have I think it's fourteen or sixteen generations depending if prelude's involved or not or it could be 14 and 12 um someone in chat will tell me in a second but the that particular game you're just trying to optimize your own engine and you want a high score because the score is kind of what sets this play against a different than that play but you're not playing against anybody and you're not trying to get milestones or goals and score isn't the primary thing it's just terraform mars as fast as possible um steve says 14 and 12 so if you're playing without prelude you have 14 generations to do this so 14 rounds not turns because you could have multiple turns i guess 14 generations yeah rounds yeah um and if you have prelude then you get 12 because that one gives you a jump start um if you include venus next which i don't believe the app has yet then it you also have to do venus which makes it harder um there's a few other things that can vary the solo play but 
as a solo game, it's very, very interesting. And it's very different than the multiplayer game. But it's the same core mechanics. Now, that was Terraforming Mars. And this episode is not about Terraforming Mars, the app. This episode is about apps in general. So let's move on from Terraforming Mars, because I don't want to say that I like it anymore. And let's talk about (laughs) Wingspan, a game that I thought I liked until I played the app and realized I don't like this game at all. So at all. Really? At all. Like it's it's actively a bad game. And for not really, if I had to sit down and play a game with a group of people, I much rather play Wingspan over Terraforming Mars. But in playing Wingspan a dozen times on the app, what I realized was there's not much you can do in Wingspan. And it's oh, just... but it's always been that kind of game. Yeah, but when you're playing it in person, the games... You don't play so many games where you realize that right away. And I think that's one of the... the games take longer. Right. The games take longer. And, and you see other people in person doing their thing, and their engine works, and yours didn't. And, you know, it's like, great, they won. But when you're playing against the AI, and you don't have... And again, this is app-specific. If I'm in Wingspan playing against the AI... I don't really see what they're doing, right? They, they they have a little blurb that pops up. Hey, I laid eggs, or hey, I played a bird, or I hey, I got resources, or whatever. Yeah. I'm not invested in what they do because they're not look, my friends. You can look at their board too to see, like you know, how to optimize your strategy against their strategy. You can you can peek at their board. You can look at their board, um, but even then, it's. I mean, Wingspan isn't very interactive. So I might look at their board and be like, oh, they're no. going for. And, you know, egg-laying birds, so maybe I want to draft this egg-laying bird. But ultimately, if you just play for yourself, you're going to get the most points. But I kept, and, and maybe this is partly my fault. So I, I like the strategy of tucking cards. So I, I try to get all the birds that allow me to tuck cards, and I just fill up the bottom row, which is the water row, that allows me to draw and tuck cards. And I just can, like, big hand tucking cards, and I can get a ton of points. And if I try for that strategy early on, and I don't get the right birds... I'm going to be behind my opponents. If I don't try for that strategy early on and I try something else, I feel like it's like, man, I could have got so many more points if I just did the tucking card strategy. Now, for some people, it's the (laughs) laying egg strategy. It's like lay eggs and that's how you get points. And when I played a dozen games in four days, all the games came down to either being like, yep, I made my strategy and I totally destroyed my opponents or nope, I failed and I totally got trounced by my opponents. And maybe it's the way I was playing it, but I think that Wingspan holds up better on the table with other people versus in the app, which is, this is probably the only app that I would say this about, but I don't know. I'm curious. You've played this a couple times. What did you think with your couple plays? Um, so I liked it in my couple plays. And I, so I also played the tutorial on this one because it's been a little while since I played Wingspan. I know it's like a generally kind of like easy game, but I was like, okay, let's play this tutorial. For some reason, it seemed like the game was harder to play than I remember. And I don't know if that's just the tutorial kind of like getting in the way. And it's like, oh, you go here and then you do this thing. Like there's a bunch of steps to playing a card that you don't really have to think about when you're doing it in person. You're just like, I'm picking up this card and I'm putting it here. But in the app, it's actually like three or four taps to do what you want um, or to like pick up food from the bird feeder. It's like, oh, you have to go here and then you have to like choose these things and then you have to confirm and then you do this. It seemed 
like way more taps. And I'm like, I just want to just give me the food. I just want to pick up the food. Like, <laughs> just, you know, how I play the normal game. Like I see the dice, I just pick them up. I'm like this is mine now. It's one action. Um, I don't know if you thought about that at all. Oh, but this I mean, is the I reason I like being able to play it. Yeah. This is the reason why I cannot stand wingspan anymore because the app, and okay, I will still play Wingspan in person. I will play Wingspan in person. I will play it anytime. It's, it is a fine game that I enjoy. I just, like I said, it's never been in my top 10 list or anything like that, but I'm more than happy to play Wingspan in person at any time. The app takes a game that's relatively streamlined and easy to play in person and makes it harder to play. We just talked about Terraforming okay, Mars. I was, I was, I was wondering if that was just me or. Or if you felt that way too, because no. I was like, this makes it like harder to play. You you still can't do any wrong moves, so that's always like a bonus. But wingspan, you can teach wingspan in like ten minutes. The tutorial is like I don't know, forty minutes long. It just seems <laughs> yeah. to like go on forever. And I was like, go over here now, do this. And then when I was playing the games, I was like, okay, tap this thing, go here, draw this card up, go into this mode, drop the card. Okay, go in the food. Yes, select these two, confirm, move it over, go back here. And I'm just like, this should take way less time. Yeah. Well, and I, I honestly think that my games of Wingspan on the app all took longer than except for the very first game of Wingspan in person I ever played. Like, it is... It is excruciating, that interface. It, and again, it does what it needs to do. It just does it in such a terrible way that in such a excruciating way. The this, app this looks my, amazing, though. Yes. So this is my thought when I was playing the game. I was like, this is a very, very highly polished game. It looks great. The sound is great. The cards are animated. It's super beautiful. It's awesome. But when I was playing this game, I was like, why are they... This text, this text is small and, and like shrunken down or like they're using abbreviations or they're using like, you know, instead of seed, they're using like the seed icon that you would get in the game. And it's like, you don't actually have to literally recreate the board game experience, like make it its own experience, make it like an app, make it a, make it a video game. We can have things that scroll, right? Like just yeah. because the card is small on the screen, we, we can scroll the text, put more info there. Well, and then they chose to, and now this is just turning into a grape session on Wingspan, but we're, we're going to do this for another three minutes. Um, and then, yeah. like, the eggs of Wingspan, they're colorful, right? In the physical version, the eggs in the app are just tiny little white eggs that appear like they're either full dots or blank dots at the bottom of the card. And the cards aren't card-shaped yeah. anymore. They're these oblong, weird cards. And my biggest problem is... The default interface is clicking on each of the different habitats to scroll to that card row. Until I figured out that there was a way of just seeing all of it at once, I'm like, I can't even play this app. Like, I didn't know you could do that. Really? The bottom button. So the bottom button of the habitats is like this little grid thing. When you click on that, you get a board that looks like your physical player board that you would see. Oh, man. I would have killed for that. I hated going back and forth between the habitats. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, too yeah, yeah. slow. It's so slow. It is so painful. And then you have to remember which birds are where. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. But it's slow. That's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. I was like, where is this bird? Like, go. I just go through all of them. I'm like, nope, nope. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, also the hand management, too. If you ever have a hand of more than like eight or nine cards, it is impossible to find, not impossible, but just 
excruciatingly painful to find the card you're looking for because there's no sorting, no ordering. You have to like, you know, touch the right few pixels to pull a card up. And yeah. So anyway, Wingspan is an example of an app that is very, very beautiful at the expense of playability. Is it worth yeah. $10? I almost wish that like they just put like more list views in there. Just like lists yeah. of cards and everything <laughs> that I could just scroll through and tap and just like an overall kind of like window of like, you know, here's your player board. Here's like a horizontal scrolling list of cards that you can like reorder in a way that makes sense to you. Like a much simpler interface would have been less beautiful, but it would have been way more playable and probably more fun to play. Yeah. And, and they're going to make a ton of money off of it. They already have. Like this came out on Steam first, I think, or PC first. And, you know, there's nobody who loves Wingspan isn't going to drop $10 on the app, especially for the way it looks. Uh, it's it's hard to play because of some the choices they made. But if you like Wingspan and you're willing to do that. Now, there is multiplayer for both of these games that we've talked about so far. I cannot imagine playing multiplayer Wingspan. I, I just I think that that game would take if you had three players yourself and two other people in person, you can play Wingspan in, I don't know, under an hour and a half on the app. Even if you were all sitting in the same room, I think it would take you three hours. It, it, it's like it's that more painful. Now, Terraforming Mars, I think you could actually play faster because I can play Terraforming Mars pretty quickly. So, yeah, again, just trying to throw out a few different apps out there so you can kind of get a feel for where we're thinking and we're going to turn this discussion into apps in general in a moment. Um, But let's go to the third and most casual app that I had you download, which was Railroad Inc. So what do you think about this one? Um, I really like this game. So I hadn't ever, I heard you guys talk about it, but I haven't ever played it myself. Um, And it's Railroad Inc. I-N-K as in, you know, ink in a pen. Um, Because it is a roll and write. Yeah, roll and write. And it is a very fun, cool, like casual puzzle game. Um, And for anybody out there, I would say like, you know, a casual puzzle game, kind of like threes when that was like the big thing. If everybody remembers threes. I don't remember threes. No. You you just combine like like numbers together that just keep like multiplying and multiplying on a grid. Anyway. Um, (laughs) But it's a puzzle game kind of like in that vein. And also I thought this this app while not as highly polished as um, Wingspan, um, I thought it was very pretty and it was very fun with a lot of nice touches. Um, plus all the other things that come along with like a video game rendition of, of, uh, of a tabletop game. You can't make wrong moves. It'll tell you if things are uh, you know connected or not connected and it calculates your score as you go. So I, I liked all that stuff. Um, I thought the game was really fun. Yeah. I, Railroad Inc. is one of my favorite, like, it's one of my favorite games, but it's also as far as like a roll and write or a light game that I would introduce to people. Um, it's a roll and write for, it's kind of a roll and write for gamers. I mean, there's, it's an optimization puzzle, essentially. So if you like those optimizations, um, you'll, you'll like it. And at the end, you have this pretty map that you've drawn. In person, that pretty map will look as good as your penmanship is. <laughs> in the app, like some of these things, like I would take it a screenshot great. and print them out and hang them on the wall. Like it does this, yeah. these renditions that are just gorgeous to look at. And it, it's really like, and this is, I would consider Railroad Inc. in beta. 
So much so that I have not reviewed it on the YouTube channel yet because there were enough bugs in the first week or two where I'm like, all I could do is point out the problems. Like um, experience did not work for the first two or three weeks the app was out. So you could play and you'd open up your profile and it would show you that you have one of 50 experience and you'd never get experience. Now I can get experience, but I have absolutely no idea why I get experience and what I'm getting experience for. And there's two different experience bars. So there's still a few things there. Uh, They also haven't, it's just the base game with no expansions. And they have yellow and green as, you know, future unlocked stuff. So those will introduce different expansions, presumably. And really, Terraforming Mars has, I believe it's 38 different expansions. So not Terraforming Mars, um, Railroad Inc. So the four base dice that you can roll in the app, the expansions will add one to four other dice. And each one of them will have different things you're drawing or doing, which will enhance the game and how it scores. And I can't wait for those to show up as well, because I will play the heck out of those. Um, I play the game in person. Like one of, one of my Patreon exclusives, Drunken Chris reads the rules to Railroad Inc. is like, <laughs> I think that was my very first one, right? Um, because I really like this game. It's so much fun. And one of the things I really love about this app over Terraforming Mars and Wingspan, which I'm, admittedly much bigger games is road ink i can play in about five to ten minutes which is optimal really quick yeah. you're better than me <laughs> i mean and you can overthink it right we're not overthinking it's a it. quick you, game you can, for me too yeah like i maybe for me it's like 15 to 20 minutes but i'm still kind of like learning how placement kind of goes and everything so yeah i mean but there's seven roles game. Yeah, there's seven rolls. Each roll has four dice, and you're going to draw those four dice, and then there's three other bonus things that you can draw at any given point. So you're going to roll, I don't know, you're, you're going to draw up to 31 different things, 33 with universities, um, 32 universities. But in any case, it plays quickly, and it plays in a time frame once you get you know used to the system where hey, I just want to take a break from work, wherever that happens to be. I can sit on a bench, play roading, play a full game, and walk back and be good. Where if I pulled out Wingspan and played that, I when I walked back, I'd be like, oh, why is all my stuff packed up? Oh, we thought you left, you know, the company. Um, because that's how long Wingspan takes to take play. But I really like this. Railroad Inc., to me, falls in the same realms uh, realm as Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel, the app, which are also two great apps that may... Seven Wonders is an interesting one. So you play Seven Wonders in person, right? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Oh, you weren't with us, huh? Oh, you, yeah, you, you should. Seven Wonders is great. So Seven Wonders has you drafting cards. And it can play up to seven people. So it's three to seven is the recommended player count. And you're going to get a hand of seven cards at the beginning of a round. You're going to draft one and pass. And then you're going to draft and pass, draft and pass. After you've drafted six cards, the seventh card gets discarded. You do that for three rounds. So at the end of 18 choices, you score. And that's the entire game. In person, this game plays about 15 to 30 minutes, depending on... You know, the experience level of the people who are playing it. Probably closer to 20 or 30 minutes. In the app, you can literally play the entire game in less than five minutes. And you don't sacrifice. Yeah, you don't sacrifice anything either. It's just you don't have to worry about shuffling. You don't have to worry about scoring. You don't have to worry about layout. You don't have to worry about trying to calculate how much gold do I owe you here to there. It's just it takes care of all of that for you. 
and you're just looking at your cards and you're drafting one. And I love it. I've I've had to have played a hundred games on the app of Seven Wonders. And not because I think Seven Wonders is the most amazing game ever, but because I can play it in five minutes. And that's just a lot of fun to do. Seven Wonders Duel, I have not played as much. I am probably one of those rare people that does not like Seven Wonders Duel as much as Seven Wonders. Um, Seven Wonders Duel is fine. It's good. It's for a two-player game. No problem. But if I'm going to play Seven Wonders, um, I want to play it with multiple people because it's, it makes a great seven-player game where everyone's just doing their own thing and you're not really worried about what anyone else is doing. It, it's, a, it's a good party game for that five to seven player group where it's like, well, what game do we want to play all together? Not cards what against about, humanity. Uh, what about through the ages? Um, because I have played that one on my phone and I just realized when you're talking about seven wonders, I was like, Oh, I don't, I haven't played seven wonders, but I have played through the ages and I was playing it on my phone, but I didn't really like playing it on my phone. Cause it was kind of cramped. Um, I haven't downloaded it and played it on my iPad yet. So, but I did so, like, I did like it. So I want to hear yeah. your thoughts through the ages. First of Seven Wonders, first of all, they're both kind of Civilization-esque games, but there is simply no other comparison to that. Through the Ages is one of the heaviest games that you can play, and Seven Wonders is one of the lightest games you can play. I loved Through the Ages on my phone. Uh, phone and tablet, I think I played it on the phone most. Once you get used to what's going on, um, the phone is fine. But the thing with Through the Ages is I've never played it in person. I've never seen it in person. I have no idea what this game <laughs> is in person. I just saw that it was one of the earlier board game apps that was released. And the first two or three plays, I had no idea what I was doing. And then it started clicking. It's like, oh, I get it. So this is the supplies. And when you click this, you fill this. And then you have to feed these and do that. And then, oh, there's this military aspect. There's so much going on. I just I just love it. I love it so much. I stopped playing it eventually because a bunch of other games apps came out. But yeah, you should go back, try it on the tablet and through the ages on because, again, it takes care of all the fiddly bits for you. And even if you have no idea what you're doing, you will eventually figure out what's going on. Now, I could not teach through the ages in person from the app. And it's one of the things I cover in my reviews is can you learn the game from the app? Sometimes no. Um, yeah, but it, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Also, if you know the terraforming Mars, if you only play it in the app, I don't think, I think you'd be lost if you actually tried the physical version of the game. Yeah. I don't think terraforming Mars does a good job at teaching you how to play terraforming Mars. It does a good job at teaching you how to play the app of terraforming Mars. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason for that is It's the convenience of showing you the cards that you can play right now. So in Terraforming Mars, you can see your cards, and it'll highlight the cards that you can play. And for the cards you can't play, it just doesn't highlight them for you. Now, you can look at those cards and be like, okay, why can't I play this? And it's like, oh, it's requiring three science projects have already been completed, and I only have two. So you can kind of start deducing why you can't play something. But when you're actually playing it, you don't care. It's like, oh, I can choose these two cards, so I'll choose one of these cards. And when you have something that's doing so much of that work for you, it doesn't allow you to learn how to play a physical version of the game where you need to do that work. Yeah. I think is uh, does Terraforming Mars is the one that gives you kind of an instant score as well, right? It doesn't tell you anything 
Oh, no, no, no. Actually, Seven Wonders was the one that um, <clears throat> when you play Seven Wonders, I don't know that Seven Wonders actually teaches you how to play Seven Wonders. Because the most important thing about Seven Wonders is how you score. But when you get to the end of the app, in the end of the game in the app, it just simply says, boom, here's your score. It doesn't tell you how it got there. There's no fanfare, no nothing. So if you're playing Seven Wonders, yeah, you're not going to play it wrong on the app. But if you're playing it in, in person, you probably still have no idea how to score this game at the end. And you're still probably going to be confused as to why this works with that or why, you know, how much does this cost? So in Seven Wonders, a card might cost no gold, one gold, two gold or whatever. You don't necessarily know why those prices are popping up. So you're not learning the physical game from the app. You're able to play the game in the app. And that's, some apps do a better job than others. I'm not saying all apps need to do that. I don't think apps need to teach you how to play the game. I'm just, sometimes I want to download an app so I can learn how to play the physical game. And then I can try to teach it to someone else. A good example of this is Root. Uh, you have not played Root at all, physical or app form, correct? No. Is, is that the highly polished one as well? That's kind of like... Root. If I was to do a top 10 list of apps that are amazing, Root would be number one. And number two would be like 20 is spaces Is that like the down. Watership Down one? Uh, what, what? Watership Down. It's like bunnies. Yes. Yes. It is that one. Root... The physical game is excruciating to learn and teach because every player is playing a slightly different game. Root, the app, is a pure joy to play on every possible level. The game is so wow, much this fun. This really good. I'm looking it at is, it right now. Yeah. It is one of the most amazing versions of a board game app. And even if you don't think you'd ever be interested in Root, the app is still worth it. And a couple of the reasons, and this is this leads into Terraforming Mars doesn't really have any achievements. Wingspan has a minor achievement. Whenever you play a bird, you unlock it in the birds tab. So like you can see all the birds you've ever played and it kind of unlocks all the cards. Railroad Inc., eventually I'm assuming, they have achievements, but nothing spectacular. Root has what I love about Splendor, which are... Missions, essentially. Things you can do. Challenges. Which are based on the actual game, but will shake up the rules a little bit where each challenge will be a little bit different. Like, um, play the birds, which the, the area, I think is their names. And, but you, you automatically start with three roosts built and the cats are, you know, have, this particular situation. So essentially you're playing scenarios and you have to beat these different scenarios that are get harder and harder and harder, which causes you to want to play this game over and over and over again. So you can beat all of these different scenarios. And then they go in ahead and they release more of the factions. And then the Automa are, is there. So you can play against the AI or you can play against the actual physical game bots, which is how you'd play it in solo. It is so ridiculously good. And after you're done playing the app, you can go and play the physical version and know how it all plays. There's a few little nuancey things on how things score that I needed to read up on to say, okay, how exactly are these points happening? But everything is so clearly done in the app that it is teaching you how to play every one of these factions. And I okay, love I'm, it. I'm buying it. 
You, yes. you sold it. <laughs> also, just looking at the pictures and like the little video that they have, this looks like what I would say is like, you know, tabletop, like a tabletop game that's that's been like properly maybe like video game eyes. It's not just like, here's a board and here's like your deck and then like look at your deck and then like physically move what you need to move. It's like, no, they've taken the rules of the board game and like transferred it over to like a video game while still kind of like keeping that board game kind of feel yep that's that's what i get from the from the pictures in the video anyway yeah well and and the great thing about it is the look is what they've updated the gameplay is still true to the game they haven't changed anything about the game it is just a gorgeous presentation of this game and everything you do in the game is just intuitive and easy to to figure out and the tutorials the tutorials are actually fun to play like, you'll play through them, and they're walking you through how these all play. But ultimately, the tutorials just get you ready to play the scenarios, and the scenarios get you better and better at the game. It's it's breathtakingly good. Um, pro awesome. tip. Because I was I was a little bit let down with uh, Wingspan. and Because uh, I like the game, but then, like, playing it, I was like, this seems harder than it should be. Yeah. Yep. Root is the opposite. Uh, pro tip with Root is you can zoom. It, it does this... Um, kind of 2D, 3D pan in, pan out thing when you're moving around the map, which looks great and is completely playable. But if you want to just see the full board, you can just um, pinch out all the way out. And once you zoom all the way out, it just gives you the full overlay board with icons that you can just play as if you were looking at a a full board. Um, I find that I kind of switch back and forth between the two. You don't often need the full board, but if you want to see the full board all at once... You just pinch to zoom and or pinch to unzoom and it and it zooms out. All right. Again, talking of apps, this is more been more or less like an app review session of particular apps. But I'm curious <laughs> your take. So you don't get to play a lot of games in person because you know you're not living with someone who's big into games. And now that I've made you play a couple also, big games, just the and, physical table space and the physical table space. How do you feel? Like, are you going to go back and play Terraforming Mars when it's not homework for the podcast? Yes, I was. I'm like, I was thinking about playing another couple of games later tonight because it was it was fun. And even when you know, I was playing, I was playing my last game of the of the two like last night, and I was like, oh. and it was it was like midnight when I finished the game, and I was like, I should go to sleep, but I want to play another game. <laughs> I'm like, no, I have to, if I'm playing another game, it needs to be Wingspan because I have to start that up. <laughs> but I wanted to play another game of Terraforming Mars because it, it went by quickly. It was fun. Um, I lost the first game by a lot. And then I lost the second game by like just a little bit. And I was like, okay, if I play again, I'll probably... I think I can win. I think I think I can beat the AI this time. So what do you think about playing against the AI versus playing against actual people? Because that's one of the things that people can... I see a lot, right? The AI is bad on this game. Or, you know, if I'm going to play a board game, I want to play it with other people and stuff. How? What are your feelings on the AIs? Just AIs and well, so, board game ports. Um, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I've played other board and card games with different levels of AI. And... I, uh, you know, at least with Terraforming Mars, there's three levels and I was playing on the easy AI 
and it beat me twice, but I was close the second time. I think I can beat it like the third time, maybe the fourth time. And then usually what I'll do is like once I get comfortable beating the AI handily, like a few times in a row, then I'm like, okay, let's bump up, let's bump it up to like medium difficulty and then go from there and then again bump it up to hard. Um, and that's usually enough for me. And then I'll just play on hard and, and, and then that's fine. I, I feel like I don't need to be super amazing, challenging. And one of the things is like, the people that I'm playing against for the most part are, you know, going to be as clueless as I am, if not more so. <laughs> yep. So it's not like I'm playing against hard AI anyway. I'm playing against another human who has almost no idea what they're doing because it's hard to decipher the cards. I'm probably making, you know, a, a way more mistakes than the AI is making. That's for sure. Yeah. So. I love, yeah, in general, I love the board game app AIs because they play instantly for the most part, except yes. in Wingspan, where they take longer than they need to. But um, for the most part, they play instantly. And if they're bad, and oftentimes I'll play on the easier levels, but if they're bad, that's great. I like to win. And you know, for something <laughs> like Root, um, each one of the different scenarios have three different levels. So there's easy, medium, hard. And I like that progression. Okay, great. I won on medium. Or I won on easy. Now I get to go to medium. All right, I won on medium. Now I got to go to hard. And I may have to play the hard version like three or four or five times before I, you know, get some lucky streaks and am able to beat it. But I love that progression. I like that. And I don't have to play with someone else to enjoy the game. Now, that said, at some point, if you want to, we can sit down and try an online version of Terraforming Mars in the app and see how that plays. Like, I'd be totally down for doing that. It was. It's going to take a lot longer for us to play a two-player yeah, version of this. Will. We could probably play three games otherwise. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, Civilization. It's like, I like playing Civilization against the computer, against the AI. And then when I actually had a friend that also had Civilization and we were playing against each other, I was just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so long. I want it to be my turn again. Yep. And that's well, and that's like kind of a sign of a good game. And maybe why I started liking Terraforming Mars is I never had to wait. There was zero downtime. And that's another great thing about apps, especially if you're playing as the AI, is there's no downtime. Even Wingspan didn't have any downtime. It just had excessive click time. But you just get to play the game. And there's something to be said for that. Um, Lords of Waterdeep is another app you should write down. Um and you should get I'm pretty sure it's still available. It is one of the games I played so many times. I love Lords of Waterdeep. And I just played it to death in the app. Um, so I'll be doing a top 10 apps games on the YouTube channel in the near future. And I'll let you guys know when I do that. But there's just yep, so many good it. apps out there. Yeah, definitely get it then. It's so good. Um. I, I just, I don't know. I can't say enough nice things about apps in general. Now, I will say this. Fletcher and I have been developing apps for quite some time. I have been developing games and or apps for literally 20 years. So in one form or another, I've either been writing games or writing apps. And sometimes app games. Doing these games right is not easy. It's it's complicated. There's a there's a lot to it. Uh, Fletcher, you've never written a, an app game, right? No, I mean nothing beyond like Hangman and Tic Tac Toe, right? But you can imagine the art, the animations, all of those oh, yeah. things, and making those look nice and compelling 
those are hard. You know, Wingspan yes. wasn't easy to code in making it look that way. Harder is making a nice interface. That's one place where Wingspan wasn't really focusing on so much. It is certainly playable. It does everything it needs to do, but it's not, it doesn't flow. I mean, I have a feeling that these are probably made in like Unity or some other gaming engine that are then translated over to make it much easier. Yeah, 100%. Things like uh, anything you see that's cross-platform. So it was written, you've been able to play it on the PC, um, iOS, Android, all of those things. They're writing those games in software that's specifically meant to write games and then be able to port them to all of these different systems. So what the developers are essentially doing is just modifying usually the interface um, and the controls to work on those systems. The gameplay is identical, doesn't change between those. It takes a long time. It's expensive. The last game it, I yeah, worked on... It does. Yeah. <laughs> Apps take a long time and are expensive. Yeah, they, they, they do. Like a typical app, if if we put two developers on it for three months, um, my company is usually charging somewhere in the neighborhood of three hundred dollars to $500,000. Just for two people for three months. That's a lot of money. And what you get from that is like a three screen app. <laughs> yeah. You don't get you don't get one of these fancy. You don't get games. a lot. No. Now, app developers have streamlined this a lot. Um, the people who are developing things like Wingspan and Gloomhaven and stuff, they know that they're going to have a lot of built-in sales as soon as they sell that, so they can invest more money into it. But something like Railroad Inc., that one, I have a lot of complaints about kind of the the stuff that goes around the the menuing system and stuff like that. The gameplay itself and the art there is fantastic. But the menuing stuff that can be improved upon. But Railroad Inc. didn't take a ton of time to do. And they're hoping like the coming soons, that's there because they need we need to put something out there so we can start making money. And hopefully we make enough money to justify adding more content. Like, that's what they're trying to do. A lot of these board game apps are in the same boat. Our industry doesn't make a lot of money. It's a niche industry. And when you do apps for it, even less so. Like, if if I'm going to, if I'm Joe Blow non-board gamer and I go download the hottest app on my phone, I'm not downloading Wingspan. I'm, and again, that's one of the hot ones, right? I'm downloading, well, for me, it's, the League of Legends uh, competitive yeah, card You're game. getting League of Legends. You're getting like Hearthstone. You're getting, yep. I don't know. Clash of Clans or whatever or... Clash of Clans clone is there. Right. right. Whatever Kitty Casino game is hot at the moment. Yep. I mean, these board game maps don't float up to the top of the download list or the you know money made list. So one of the things as an app Fortnite. developer. Yeah, Fortnite. <laughs> as an app developer and a board gamer... There's no amount of, I mean, there is, but there's typically not an upper limit to how much I will pay for a board game app. I own every board game app that I have ever seen. If this is a physical port, I just buy it outright. Whether I, I, I may never even open up the app. I just buy it because I want more of these apps to exist. And the only yeah, way they're I mean, going to exist is supporting them. Yeah, I mean, I just bought Root. Like you told me, you're like, this is great. And it looks like, you know, great. And like $10, that's it. Like yeah. done. Like who yeah. cares? It's $10 the last... and this is so much effort. They yeah. Put the... into this thing. <laughs> the last even if I only play for... it for one hour and like never pick it up again, like fine. 
like 10 bucks an hour. I only got one play. Like that's worth it. Yep. And especially when I look at like, so root the Kickstarter. Um, I, I think I pr- spent probably over a hundred dollars on it and it sat on my shelf for a good year and a half before I finally got up the courage to play it. To spend $10 and immediately have someone walk me through, someone being the app, walk me through how to play the game, it's a no-brainer. It's a 100% no-brainer. And I just don't I, – I will never think that they're charging too much, sort of. $10 is the upper limit to what they should charge out of the gate. Of what people will play. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, of what people will it's, – it's no – Money is not really like I would probably pay $25 for this app. And that's probably what they should charge for it. But like $9.99 is is like the super high end of what your normal person will pay. Your normal yep. person will pay nothing or maybe a dollar. Yep. For an app. It's like, and oh, this app isn't free. It's 99 cents. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, even then it's like usually, nope, not doing it. And then people complain about in-app purchases, where it's like, well, yeah, sure, they gave me the app for free, but then they started charging me for these different expansions. Everything is pay-gated. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's how they have to monetize it, because otherwise you just don't have the app at all. Like, You don't have to spend the money. By all means, don't. But don't complain when people are trying to get paid for the work they're doing. And especially in kind of the inter- entertainment field, right? So Wingspan right now is $10 to download. There's two and a third horizon, third on the horizon expansions to Wingspan. Guaranteed, you're going to be spending another 5 to $10 for each one of those expansions. And you probably should. It's probably fine. Um, even if, you know, I kind of hope that they streamline the interface a little bit better. But even if they don't, it's still a gorgeous production. And if you want more content for it, if you play that $10 game and you play 10 games of it, you're spending less than a dollar an hour for that type of entertainment. That's worth it. Spend another 5 to $10 and get more cards or whatever the case may be. Um, with Root, it's $10 for the base game. You get all four of the base factions and honestly more gameplay than you could, than you'll ever spend on it. But there's also three downloadable expansions inside the in the app right now. I have them all because I want to play them all. And if they're going to release them, I'm going to buy them because they're they're great. And I want to encourage them to create more content. So Man, I don't know that's now I just want they need to make a Arkham Horror card game. So oh my god. Buy and get into it. I know. They uh so they being FFG did a um, Lord of the Rings card game digital version. And for some reason, they decided to build an app that was based on the Lord of the Rings card game, which is a cooperative collectible, well, collect cooperative living card game that has been out for over a decade and is really hard to get into. So they were making an app for it that would, in theory, allow you to collect these things and play through this. But they decided to have it. It was inspired by the card game, but it wasn't exactly the card game. And they changed some certain things. And so you had this fan base that would have gladly dropped any amount of money to have this game actually exist. And they just kind of dropped the ball on it. They spent years on this app. And once it finally released, everyone's like, this isn't like Lord of the Rings. Why would I do this? Like, uh, no. <laughs> This isn't the game. This is something else. This is something else. But yeah, but if they like an Arkham Horror the card game app, ugh, my life would be done. 
because I would just play that forever. Like Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is a very, very popular game on many, many different platforms. Um, if you haven't played Slay the Spire, just Google Slay the Spire. It'll be on Kickstarter and physical version sometime this year, presumably. But it's a direct-to-video card game. It's a deck builder game. And that game, I don't know where I'm going with this, but that game is amazing. And that's kind of going the opposite way, where it's like, here's this digital card game, and now we're going to create a physical card game out of it. I've played this Slay the Spire. It's board game adjacent, so I've played it hundreds of hours. Like, so, so much. And now when the physical version comes out, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to buy the physical version because I want to support that. Can it be possibly <laughs> as good as the video game? Probably not. Like, I, I can only imagine it's going to not be great, but it's going to do amazingly well. Um, basically, like any of these video game ports. The Witcher just, you know, finished funding at like, I don't know, $5 million or something like that. Like, you could play the Witcher video game. But now it's in board game form, and $5 million worth of people like said, yes, I want this. Also, it looks amazing. So what are your other thoughts about board game apps? Are you going to download more of them? I am going to download more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the ones that I have a little bit more and then probably download more because given you gave me like this little exercise, and now that I have like a larger screen device to play these on, I really like this and I really like board games and I don't get to play them nearly as often as I like because um, my significant other is not a huge board game person. And just the thought of me having to like clear off the dining room table and then like set up a board game and then tear it all down. Um, Or some of these games don't even have like a one player version or if they are a one player version, they are significantly different than the quote unquote true game the multiplayer version so i love having like the ai built in and i feel like i'm playing against someone i'm learning i'm having fun it's quick i can just close my ipad you know it saves the state automatically there's no cleanup there's nothing um i like i like this a lot actually well i'm gonna recommend lots of other ones for you um shards of infinity is a great one it's a deck builder um the captain is dead just has an app form Text text me a list. Um, well, I'm giving the list to you and our listeners. Viticulture okay. has an app. Uh, Viticulture. I love Viticulture. Uh, Scythe. So Scythe actually, Scythe has an Scythe app. Has but an app? Uh, yes. And I have just now remembered that it has it because I downloaded it. It's on my phone, but I never actually opened it. And huh. so now I, I like. I, that like game, but it's also kind of like a long, fiddly game. This looks amazing. Again, this is on my phone right now. Oh, oh man. Why have I never played this? <laughs> Why have I not played this? Like, I downloaded it knowing it existed. And yeah, Scythe, the app. So now I'm going to be playing Scythe for quite some time. And this Scythe is this digital edition. The Scythe digital edition. Yep. It, this is the actual, this is the game. Um, and like I say, it's downloaded on mine because I download everything. Uh, Brass, Suburbia, um, those are both great games santorini the app for santorini is gorgeous like it's just amazing i love what they did with santorini um onitama is a great two-player game um ganshan clever uh imperial settlers on tour these are roll and rights i love roll and write apps because they play so quickly uh lost cities charter stones so charter stones um another stonemeyer game that's uh, a legacy game and it's a legacy worker placement game and you can play it in app uh, let's see. I'm 
just kind of browsing through others I have here. Tides of Time is supposed to be great. Jarpur is supposed to be great. Again, all these apps are apps I haven't actually played, but I have downloaded on my phone saying, yes, I want to play these at some point. Board game apps. There's not a great way that I have found to track all of them down. Typically, the way I do this is I will go to the app store for apps that I know exist, and then I will look for either recommendations, apps you might also like, or other apps done by the same company. So oftentimes, board game apps will be done by very similar companies, uh, or the same company will do multiple different apps. So you can kind of find apps that way. But they're not super easy to find because they just kind of show up and like physical games there's no one source of here's all the where you can get all your information on these apps also most of the media i listen to um, podcasts or youtube videos i watch or channels i watch don't really cover apps all that much um dice tower does a little bit they'll you know they'll have like playthroughs of apps and stuff but uh they don't have like app reviews and actually, Z does a, a, some app reviews, but I feel like there uh, should this, be like a a website or something out there that like catalogs all the digital versions of these tabletop games. Yeah, yeah, and that's and honestly, that's sort of what I want to start doing. Like, I want that to be the regular thing that I'm doing on my YouTube channel. Is I want to just kind of highlight apps. I I think that I play a lot of games in app form and. I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Some apps are not worth playing. You know, I roll for the galaxy is one that has been on my list for a while. So that's probably going to be the one I, I play next. And I love roll for the galaxy in person, but in app form, I think I might even like it more. Now there's always the thing where I could play things to death. Um, Catan and Lords of Waterdeep are both games that I liked in person. They are games I got into when I first got into the hobby, and I played them to death in app form. Where now I probably well, Lords of Waterdeep I might play again, but like it's hard to play those games against people who have not played hundreds of times because you're you're just you've played the app in such a way that you kind of know the strategies. Also, you have the problem of wait a minute, why isn't it my turn right now? And that's the thing I love most about the apps is it's, it's always my turn. I just always, always get to turn. be the play. Yeah, it's always my turn. Um, Christopher Dong tells us there is a geek list of iOS apps. And I've actually seen this list. Um, Chris, I'm going to post this in the show notes. I'll post this geek list um, in, oh, if I can open it. Yeah, I'm going to post this geek list in our show notes. So if you're curious about all of the different iOS apps, and the nice thing about iOS apps are you are going to likely see them on Android as well. And sometimes you'll see them on Steam too. So iOS apps are just kind of another way of saying, saying mobile. There's very few games that are developed specifically for a single platform these days. Uh, they may not come out at the exact same time, and, you know, if this was a developer podcast, I might tell you why that is the case. But in general, <laughs> um, most most apps are going to come out on both iOS and Android and simultaneously if possible. Uh, if they're doing development in something that where they target Steam first, uh, oftentimes you will start to see that on iOS and Android. Usually, uh, I don't know, probably two to six months later as they adapt it for mobile screens. And then some apps will only be on tablet. And by that, I mean iPad. Uh, there's very few, if any, apps that are commercially developed 
for Android tablets only. Um, usually, Android tablets now are just completely ignored. Um, again, if I had more time, I would tell you why that is. It's just a pain um, is the best way to say it, and nobody wants an Android tablet. Uh, but unless you're using it for even Android users, reading. just buy an iPad for a tablet. Yeah, just buy an iPad for your tablet. Uh, but for phone, there are some games that just don't work on the phone. And instead of trying to develop and make it work for the small screen, they'll just opt not to do it for the small screen and keep it on on tablet. It's usually not the best idea because you are definitely narrowing your audience. So it is a hard decision for any developer to make to say, okay, we're going to do tablet only. But sometimes it is the right choice to make. Although I've been pretty f- amazed by some of these interfaces and how they've gotten it to work on the small screen, i.e. Magic Arena, for example. Um, but yeah, so this is apps. Kitty will be back next week. And that is fun and exciting. We are going to talk about role-playing games, I think, next week, right? Yes. And we're going to use a topic. So for those who want to know the topic, last time Kitty was on, I think we talked about role-playing games, and she talked about how she wants to know, she wants to be able to plan for her character's resources, the abilities that she's going to spend, when she's going to spend them, when she can use them, what she needs to keep for the final boss. Like, she wants to know all of that up front. And I took offense (laughs) to that concept. So we are going to talk about essentially player expectations on the story and player planning and all of that, because I completely understand where she's coming from. I completely disagree with everything she's, she's saying, and that's going to make a great topic. But, and I didn't mention at the top of the show, because we just segued directly into the topic, but we are going to draw winners today. And, and I remembered because I put it in big, bold, red type in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to draw five winners for our 2021 giveaway because I still have a ton of games. Um, just as a reminder, if you are a winner, email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Same place you emailed us to enter. If you haven't entered yet, you can email us as a 2021 contest at feedback at tabletop.com. Uh, give me three games from the list that you can find in the show notes in your priority order when you email me. So if we have five people all emailing me and they all want the same game, whoever's the first one who emails me is the person who's going to get the game. I may ask you for help with shipping depending on the cost and the size of the game, um, but I will reach out to you individually and you always will get to decide whether or not you want to pay for shipping on whatever particular game you're getting. Shipping these days are crazy, but if you're in the continental U.S., it's not horrible crazy. And finally, you have two weeks. After two weeks, you can still try to email me and say, I just now listened because I don't have a commute, and therefore I don't listen on a regular basis anymore. Um, And you might convince me that, okay, fine. But if you email within the two (laughs) weeks, you're guaranteed that you're going to get your game. All right, so... The way this works is everyone in our live audience um, is going to spectate and see what's going on here. Uh, I'm going to do one thing. Um, do almost everyone in our live audience has won at some point or another, I think. But I'm John has not. And Michael says he hasn't won either. And I know Christopher has. And I know Miles has. All right. And Darren says he has not. He's like, but I want to win. All right. So 
We've done that. And now I'm going to share my screen of a Google Sheet, which has all of the past winners. And we're going to go five, four, three, two, one. And one of the columns, rows. One of the rows will show up as a winner. And that'll be our first winner. So five, four, three, two, one. And the first winner is Weatherman Keefe. So Weatherman Keefe is a winner. And it is 726. Hooray. Yay. We should have a, I used to have a soundboard where I'd play sounds and stuff, but then I didn't. Um, five, four, three, two, one. And our next winner is Andrew Fish. And congratulations, Andrew. All right. We're going to do the first four winners are just from anyone in the list. The last winner is a Patreon winner, but so far we have two Patreon winners. Um, it's pure quiz. Like we have, uh, let's see. There's 142 entries on this list. So three, two, one. Uh, next winner is Jason Strong. Winner. I think we're going to run out of names at this point. I know. <laughs> I know that. Fourth. This is the fourth one. Five, four, three, two, one. And this one is uh, Todd McCorkle. All right, 726. Um, you're just going to have to remember. One one, well, he was he was an email entry, non-Patreon winner. It does happen. We actually have, I don't know, at least we have a lot of non-emails. All right. So this one is Patreon only. So I'm going to go 54321. And if it lands on someone that's not a Patreon, I will not mention the name. <laughs> and I will just draw again and tell what we see. 54321. And our Patreon winner is Ann Reynolds. All right. Now, let's see if I can recap this. Ann Reynolds, uh, Andrew Fash, Weatherman Keefe, um, Jason Strong, and Todd McCorkle. You have all won, potentially. You just have to email me at feedback at tabletopgamedoc.com to claim your prize. Check out the list of games in the show notes. Give me your top three, and you're going to get one of them for sure. Whew. That was exciting. I'm over. I'm like, huh. All right. Um, you're just going to have to take all of the outro stuff, Fletcher, because I, I can't I can't do any more. All of the outro stuff? Okay. All of it. Where does it start? Here we go. I found Kitty's tag. <laughs> <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Man, this is difficult when I never have to read any of this, and I just listen to it go in the background. Want to watch us record live you can find a link for the show notes too comments or questions email us at feedback at table tabletopgametalk.com hosting feeds and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons if you'd like to be one of these wonderful people you can find out how by visiting our website tabletopgametalk.com and clicking the support us link and there's a link for the there's a link in the show notes too <laughs> finally a huge thank you to our current patrons adam harrison miles clark the gift of games sahara wentworth Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Ann Reynolds, Christopher Letko, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholz, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keefe, who I think is the winner this week, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Joke, David Rank, Nicholas Lotz, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Sydney Lim, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Paz Lindham, Eric Slander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Carl... Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Gary Bunker, Lightning Steve, John, Jim Conrad, Dan Seed, Ryan Ellett, Danita Hersey, 
Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, Ronald Roy, Tony Simpkins, David Garner, and Darren McClellan. And thank you to anyone who's ever been a patron. Your support really does mean the world to us. Um, until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, Fletcher, I'm thinking this is how we do Terraforming Mars. You play a game against the AI on hard, because that's my skill level, and I'll play a game against the AI on easy, because that's your skill level, and then we'll compare our scores. <laughs> <laughs> well, as of right now, the AI is still winning to me on easy, so I think you'll probably still win. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm really not that great at the Terraforming Mars, but at some point we should play online, just or play a multiplayer game, just because... And, you know, we can FaceTime Just at the so same we can time, say that so we, we did it chat. and we tried it out. Yeah, we tried it out. All right. On that note, bye, everyone.